Welcome to Restart Radio. I'm Dave Pickering and I make podcasts. I spend most of my life online, but I've got no idea how to fix any of the devices that help me to spend my time there. We like to repair, we like to to save the world. <laughs> so I, I suppose it's too much, but, uh, but it's the, the philosophy that uh, we follow to, to fix some stuff like uh, uh, radio, or phone, or computer or uh, iron, whatever uh, the people uh, take to us to repair. My dream is uh, to create a, a fixer group of Italy. Uh, a net because now we are only four groups from north Italy or central Italy but in the south and the Rome Rome is a, the, the capital of Italy no fixed uh, groups no, no repair uh, so my dream is uh, all together go to Rome and fix the, the, the capital city <laughs> on October the 6th to October the 8th the Restart Project organised the first ever International Fix Fest, an international gathering of fixers, makers, activists, academics and artists interested in community repair. It was really inspiring to see so many people from all around the world sharing ideas, strategies and repair techniques. While wandering around the London School of Economics on Friday and Saturday, I spoke to all kinds of people, from Italian restarters in their green aprons, including Gianni, who you just heard, to a Tunisian aeroplane maintenance engineer. Everyone had a different story to share with me, but they all had one thing in common, a real excitement to be surrounded by so many like-minded people. And in today's episode, I'm going to share with you some of the highlights from the conversations that I had at FixFest 2017. My name is Marina and I'm from Argentina, from Buenos Aires, where we're running Club de Reparadores, which is a series of repair events, very much like uh, Repair Cafés and Restart Project. What we do is basically repair events where there are all sorts of items being fixed. We always have electric appliances and clothes and everything that you can sew, but also we do uh, special events where we focus on other types of events, like we've done specials for bikes, for toys, for music instruments, for books, and we also have done some special events focused specifically on electronics only. FixFest is really fantastic. It's the dream of any repair event organizer, <laughs> really, because there's so many people that have been through the same experience or very similar experience and who have faced very similar challenges and uh, very similar problems. So it's really fantastic to be surrounded by so many like-minded people working towards the same objectives. And uh, yes, I'm completely overwhelmed. I think it will take me days to process everything that we've been taking into. It's so interesting also to be able to look at the problem for so many different perspectives. It's many things that somehow have we have come across and it's really interesting to hear them together in this really condensed two and a half days experience it's really triggering many many ideas and many possibilities i think to work together and to collaborate i'm sergio and i am savino uh, we are here from italy we are a starter in milan italy this is uh, the the first time that we met uh, the other italian uh, restarters we still uh, um, know the restarters torino and the restarter langero but uh, i've never seen uh, our colleague uh, of uh, firenze 
and uh, this is for the, the first time and I am so happy to, to meet them. Well, my name is Marie Lefebvre. Um, I organized with one of my colleagues here today uh, the restart parties in Leicester. This is one of the main reasons why I'm here to actually meet other people who are interested in repair and find out where it could lead us. <laughs> How do you think that different repair groups can cooperate with each other? Well, I think it's mainly in regard to guidelines and probably, you know, legal elements that we might think about or maybe how to connect with commercial repair or redirect people. A platform would be nice. Uh, we already got the Facebook group, which is nice to ask questions, but hopefully maybe having some opportunities to visit other groups in other places. So we did a little bit meeting the ACNE group, but who knows, maybe people across the world got some other ideas on how to run a repair party. The idea that we can share uh, experiences and skills and data, uh, I mean, given that we're all working around the same things, is really fantastic. And somehow I can't believe that we haven't done more effort to make this happen before, because obviously we know there's a restart project and we know there's a repair cafe. But uh, having met everyone now here and having learned so much about the work they're doing, I guess it really facilitates working together in the future, or at least I hope so. So um, I'm Abu Bakr Buras. I come from Tunis, Tunisia, and uh, we got our uh, own association, El Fabrica, in Tunisia, that tries to do the same like uh, the restart project. We're principally uh, organizing some uh, restarting parties. I work uh, as aircraft uh, maintenance engineer. My father is a retired aircraft engineer. So I got the virus uh, earlier and I uh, got uh, familiarized with tools and with repa repairing protocols, with uh, wiring diagrams, uh, shims. So uh, maybe uh, I have uh, to thank my father for this maybe we got it also in, the, in our uh, DNA uh, and it's very important for us coming here uh, to England for Tunisians it's not uh, so easy right, you, uh, you had to get a visa to be yes, here right, um, um, right. Uh, the UK visa trust me it's not uh, an easy deal uh, and I got to highlight that that's why I comes uh, alone and uh, Rehab the Rehab Hasgi the co-founder didn't get her passport at time, that's why I'm alone here, sharing even a simple cup of tea with the restarters uh, who comes uh, from all around the world. Some restarters uh, that uh, we met before virtually in internet, meeting with them for real and speaking with them, making exchange, it's very interesting. Uh, th the most emotive maybe uh, the more emotional uh, moment was uh, the moment uh, when I arrived here it was like uh, everybody and uh, many of restarters were uh, waiting for the Tunisian uh, travelers but, uh, apparently uh, there was a small wave to, uh, waiting for the this uh, Tunisian guy uh, who is coming so I'm Peter Mui from the fix-it clinic in the United States 
We've had well over 230 events at this point in every major cities and lots of states in the United States. And Ugo and Janet, when they first started, I kind of felt like they were the first, they were the closest group that I could see, closest to what we were doing. We started in Northern California, and we very quickly developed a reputation for being good with consumer electronics, as opposed to the other repair events that I had seen around the world where it was basically anything and everything. But we, we had developed a specialty in that, and it was nice to see the restart parties and what they were doing there, focusing also on, on consumer electronics and on, on tech. That was very, very heartening. I've, I've always felt a very kindred, close spirit connection to them in that regard. Can you tell us a little bit more about the organization that you are here representing? So Fix-It Clinic's uh, main thing is do it together, guided disassembly of your broken stuff. But that's really kind of a secret thing that we're really, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to affect policy. We're trying to move upstream as fast as possible. So yes, so we do fix things for people at our events. Or we honestly, we really try to teach people how to fish as opposed to handing them a fish. So we're really about engaging the general public in affecting their own repair, which we coach them through. But what we are ultimately trying to do is demystify this technology and the science around it so that we can ultimately make better policy choices as a society going forward. And what are you hoping to get out of FixFest this weekend? So I think for, for us, it's, there's, there's this kind of isolation that we really feel that all, the, all of us operate in our own little spheres and separate. You know, it's nice just to be part of, to realize that we're part of a global community of fixers who are all working towards the same goal. Part of it is to, to, for all of us to come together and try to figure out how to do these things cooperatively. So, for example, earlier today, a smaller group of us met to try and decide on an open data standard for the way that we are collecting information about the things that we fix and the items that we fix and how we fix them at the events to try to inform both policy and manufacturers about the quality of the repairs that we are doing. Looking at the sorts of items we're seeing, trying to normalize those into some sort of a table or some sort of a database that then allows us to query that to get interesting trends or interesting patterns around, oh, this certain type of item, we keep seeing it over and over again. Or Maybe there's a kind of item we never see. Gee, they must be really made well. Or when we see them, they're very, very easy to repair. Or when we see them, they're very, very difficult to repair. I'm Martina Posma with the Repair Café Foundation. And uh, I was invited by the Restart Project to talk about repair cafés and about uh, community repair. Well, yesterday we we met with uh, the organizations who are forming the Open Data Alliance. And that was very inspiring to meet in person because we had some chats on, on Skype and uh, on, via the telephone and I, I met some of the, of the others in person, but uh, we've never been together in one room all together. So that was very good and uh, I think we've made some steps uh, yesterday and I hope we will continue doing so in the future. What are your plans for the Repair Alliance uh, going into the future? Well, I hope we will all grow so that uh, we can help more people to repair their stuff and to be enthusiastic for this kind of uh, thing. And uh, I hope we can collectively collect a, a lot of data so that we can help improve reparability of products, right. which is a very important thing to do. What's your favourite moment uh, of FixFest so far? 
Oh, that's a tough question. I've loved really all the keynotes. I was super inspired by Leila's uh, talk. I'm a designer myself. I'm, I do graphic design and I do the communication of our project. But I was really inspired to hear about design from her perspective as a potentially system-changing tool. And also the well, the, the talks today by Kyle and Alison was like really super interesting and super important. No, uh, there's such big underlying issues around what we do, and it's really. Really amazing to be able to hear uh, about this from people like them. My name is Stefan, or Stefan in German. I'm from Austria, but I, I live in Barcelona, and I'm helping to organize restart parties over there. And, well, we were invited as the, the local group over there. Have you got a favorite moment from FixFest so far? I really liked uh, Leila's talk, I think, last evening. It was a bit crazy and inspiring, and it kind of set the mood also for people to just, like, let go and tell and don't be afraid. Like, it's really, I like this theme of the unconference very much. Yeah, and uh, unconference is something I've not seen really before. It's interesting to sort of see how the conference is led by the people here rather than by some kind of committee who are deciding what's what's the most important like the, the people are, are deciding that here that's it's interesting to see it totally is i think that's the spirit of the restart project and the restart parties and the, the whole fixer movement in a way that it's really grassroots movement and have you learned anything new or come across any ideas that you hadn't considered before uh, the fix fest so far yeah we, we just i just uh, had a little lightning talk about our current situation in barcelona where we face with um, the government the municipality take like also organizing restart parties on their own and I'll ask around like what other people would suggest in that situation and they, they had really good ideas for example like broadening our actions let's say like not only organize restart parties keep on organizing restart parties but also maybe share the knowledge we have built up so far with, with the government or the other people that want to do them We're just coming out from a, an unconference where we were facilitating together with James from Hagney Fixers who also has been working around mapping uh, commercial like uh, repair businesses in Hackney and really 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 to be able to exchange with him and see uh, how funny that we've been doing very similar work right. so far away from each other. Right. Yes. Have you learned anything new or come across any ideas that you hadn't considered before? Uh, absolutely, yes. I think I have to say the whole question around security that came up, that was brought up by Alison and Kyle, was something that somehow intuitively we felt was really close to what we were working, but I was really not so aware uh, of it, at least not in the way that I am now after listening to them, which is super interesting. And also really, really fantastic to hear. I mean, we are based in Buenos Aires and the idea that this can affect uh, policy making and legislation is really something that feels really far away from us. But at the same time, it's really super interesting to hear that that there's so much work being done in this direction and that is something that affects what we do so much. My name is Vincent Lai. I'm with the Fixers Collective and I'm attending the conference partly to see what other people are doing with regards to repair techniques, legislative reform too. I'm very interested in knowing what everybody else is doing and how they do it and I want to uh, glean best practices from them most of all. Can you tell us a little bit more about the organization that you're representing? Uh, We were originally an art exhibit in Brooklyn. We originally met on a regular basis as part of the exhibit and when the exhibit season finished up people still wanted to meet to fix things. So 
Ever since the 2008-2009 exhibition season, we have been meeting to have fixing sessions on a regular basis. How do you think the different repair groups might be able to cooperate with each other kind of globally and nationally and locally? I think this conference is a good start, trying to figure out what everybody else is doing. Also, maybe if we get some action items after the conference, I think we could drum up a lot of momentum and uh, carry that forward. My name is Kaya and I'm here at FixFest because I uh, run Restartis uh, Oslo uh, and we do restart parties or in Norwegian Fixfestir for electronics. Uh, and can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing in Oslo? So we started about a year ago in, and had our first restart party in November last year. And we've been teaming up with different libraries, uh, makerspaces, uh, refurbishment centres. And we've been having about, I think, six, six or seven restart parties since we started. And it's really exciting. When I started, I was not really necessarily... I had no idea how it's going to actually approach. And I started because I wrote my master thesis about it. And I remember kind of being met by all those questions. Is any modern person going to do this? Isn't it boring? Does it take a long time? Isn't it difficult? Is it even possible to do it? And I was very curious how it was going to be received in Norway, especially also in a country where most people have a lot of money. So maybe that wasn't even an issue. At our first reset party, there was about 100 people who arrived. And we've been going so strong ever and since then, I get so many emails from people all over Oslo, but also from cities around in Norway who want to do their own research party. And it's been, I think, almost every newspaper in Oslo has covered and written about it. We've been given Oslo's environmental prize for best environmental initiative last year and now we've been nominated to the Nordic Council's environmental prize. For me, I feel it's insane that this has kind of blown up so much and I really feel like it's, it's just demonstrating that these people it's really the right time in the moment and people really it gives them hope uh, that things can actually be changed and they want to get their hands in and actually do something and they want to see practical examples of a circular economy or that things can be done more sustainable and that you can actually do things in the local communities that is actually changing the way we are consuming things. Have you had a favourite moment from FixFest so far? I think just the general feeling of being together with other people who are so engaged like the moment sitting and uh, listening to Martine from Repair Cafe and her saying you know this is the amount of things now at 24,000 something uh, things are being repaired every month from repair cafes and the whole audience just starting to clap immediately like just that feeling like everyone just realizes what that actually means so that's uh, yeah incredible <laughs> been amazing to watch you all like kind of cross-pollinating all of these kind of similar ideas but also different ideas and Absolutely. like those things coming together do you have any uh, particularly funny inspiring or interesting repair stories from Buenos Aires uh, to share with us uh, actually, I have a really emotional story, perhaps. We had a man, a really old man, uh, come once to an event with an electric oven, and he was really suspicious about whether we would be able to fix it or not, because he was, he was sure this was about a spare part that was unavailable. So he said, I have it in the truck of my car, but it's really no use me bringing it because I already know it's unfixable. There was not a lot of people at the event, so we really encouraged him, like, come on, if it's in your car, just bring it along and let us just give it a try. So eventually he did, and we did fix the electric oven. It was not a spare part. He was really excited and surprised. He went and brought some pastries that were heated in the oven and shared among the participants, which was nice. At the following event, he came back. At the following event, we had a special repairing musical instruments, which was a new, a new type of object at our events. And at this event, he came with his wife, and they brought this 
old guitar in a case that belonged to a son of them that had passed away and they wanted to pass on the guitar to a grandson and they thought that this guitar needed fixing but they hadn't even tried to open it themselves and they hadn't managed to bring it to any repair shop but somehow they felt to bring it to our event. The guy who was fixing music instruments was super sweet and he opened the case and they hadn't even opened this case after the sun passing away and he managed to trick the guitar and uh, it was fine, it just needed some minor tweaking and uh, the guitar was fixed. I was really struck that this couple felt that our event was an environment where they would have the contention and that they chose to bring this item with everything that this meant for them. Uh, It's something that really speaks about this other dimension of what we do in our events that has not so much to do with actually whether we repair or not and the environmental impact of that but also what happens between the people participating no? and on a more human level and on a community level, which I think is really a priceless part of what we do. It's really super valuable and also really hard to measure and to communicate. You see, the people who have the repair skills are usually in the Netherlands. They are somewhat older, uh, maybe they're retired or they have lost their jobs or they're partially disabled or, or whatever. So, But in many cases, the people who like to volunteer as expert at repair cafes are not the people who are in the center of attention in everyday life. But at the repair cafe, they become true heroes and they get applause and they get tapped on the shoulder and uh, everyone makes them feel valuable because they are. So what happens at the Repair Café is you look at people differently and you take a different look at the item in front of you. So it just makes you change the way you look at, at the whole situation. It makes you appreciate people who you would never have noticed in the street and it makes you look differently at your broken toaster and makes you see that it has value even though it's broken that's what i meant when i said that it's it's an inspiring thing to do it's very positive it makes people happy and we have seen friendships develop over the repairs even relationships a man and a woman in Amsterdam, they met each other at the Repair Café and now they've been together for, for seven years and uh, they have, uh, they're running different uh, various Repair Cafés in Amsterdam. The matchmaking service Repair Café. Right. I think like, the, the, the couple that repairs together stays yeah. together or something like that. I don't know. Like Repairing is quite a good thing to apply to relationships as well as to, to gadgets. The funniest one, it was with the older man that comes in one of our restarting party. He was 75 years old. He comes with a laptop. He want to fix it. It's his laptop and uh, we got some photos in our Flickr account. He was so motivated to do this alone. He needed only tools and uh, some technical assistance. He got big, huge energy, the inner energy. It was uh, joyful to see his face after he fixed uh, his laptop. It was simple connector, but when he found the problem, I should get a photo uh, of his face at this moment. And I got this engraved on my head. And we have uh, to underline that uh, he refused what uh, his son offered him. He was trying to offer him uh, a new laptop, but he refused. He was like attached uh, old stuff. 
he got a huge energy to fix it. The one thing that comes to mind, a paper shredder. The original owner brought it in. He knew that the motor was shot, and we all agreed that the motor was shot. We also involve ourselves with improvisation. So we ask ourselves, can we do anything else? And since we had access to a welder that particular night, we were able to take a crank handle, weld it onto the middle of a gear, and as a result, convert a dead electric paper shredder into a newly restored manual paper shredder. So this person needed to crank the gears manually to shred maybe five or so sheets of paper, but he got a paper shredder. My name is Chris Muller. I'm here at Fixed Fest because I'm one of the organisers of the Cambridge area repair cafes. We also are running what we call skill shares, where we bring along repairers and each of the repairers shows everybody else his or her favourite technique. We, we do those both advanced skill shares for experienced repairers who think they're pretty good at things but can always learn something new. And we also do a beginner's one. For example, we give them a broken table lamp and a multimeter and show them how to uh, identify the faults in the table lamp. And that, that's, that's for beginners. We spend an evening doing that, replacing fuses and uh, uh, remaking connections and so on. And then finally, if everything is okay and it's been checked out by the supervisor then we plug it into the mains and it lights up and they feel really good about that and they said oh I could have done this really easily before I never realized it. <laughs> How do you think that different repair groups might be able to cooperate with each other? One of the ambitions I have is that we're going to produce a database of things that we have to repair and what goes wrong with them and do a little bit of naming and shaming of manufacturers because there are certain manufacturers that come along again and again and again and you think for goodness sake why are you allowed to go on producing this with this design fault in and hopefully we can provide a little bit of pressure to make them actually do a better job. Do you have any particularly funny, inspiring or interesting repair stories to share with us from your experiences in Cambridge? I get a chuckle over the lady who brought a cuckoo clock in to be repaired. She said I think a member of the family might have sabotaged it. (laughs) (laughs) One of the other things about engaging people in their own repair is that we let them tell their stories about the items. And the provenance of their item is very, very important and often gives us the hint that we need to affect the repair. So if someone comes in, for example, with a microwave oven and they say, well, it, it started not working, but, but I could make it work by pressing the door. Then we know that there's a relay inside the door that, that went bad and that, that helps us. There was this gentleman who showed up once with a microwave oven that his parents had given him as a college graduation present. And even though he was a working engineer and could well afford to buy a brand new microwave oven, he wanted to get this one working again. And, and he did, but it was just a sort of a wonderful story. But that, that idea that someone will come in with a toaster and they'll say, it was my grandmother's toaster and then my mother had it. And then, you know, when I got married, I, I took it and now it stopped working and I'd really like to get it working again. I came here to volunteer with the Reset Project for three months. And at that point, I had never repaired anything in my whole life. In many ways, I think I'm also a good example of someone who were completely new to this, but who now have fixed the sound of my, on my phone. I fixed my dad's torch, my mum's like a pedal for her sewing machine and also kind of 
getting more of an attitude of, okay, actually, it's broken, I can do something about it myself. To do things practically with your hands is a big part of actually feeling, it's a human experience. It is a lot of meaning connected to actually doing things ourselves that we lose when we are just thinkers. We are doers, but there's so little in life that it's demanding of us to do something. So when we do it, it really feels meaningful and it's a lot of joy in it. I guess ultimately it's like repair is something that we do intuitively and repair is 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 in our life always there and paying attention to it is is a good thing the first fix fest is over but it's certainly not going to be the last with connections springing up between repair groups all over the world fixers suddenly have a wealth of experience advice and data at their fingertips if there's one message that emerged clearly from FixFest, it's that we're stronger when we work together. And at the Restart Project, we're excited to find out what country the FixFest will be held in next. Along with the announcement of the formation of the Open Repair Alliance, some other important news emerged from FixFest. Last Saturday was the very first International Repair Day which will be on the third Sunday of October every year from now on. In some of the upcoming Restart Podcast episodes, we'll be returning to the FixFest to talk to two of the keynote speakers, Lewis Dartnell and Leila Akaroglu, about sustainable design and how to rebuild the world from scratch. Restart Radio is both a podcast and a weekly show that goes out at 1.30 on Tuesdays on Resonance 104.4 FM, repeated on Thursdays at 11.30 AM. As with all episodes of Restart Radio, we'll include links with background information to all of the issues and stories discussed over at therestartproject.org. The music that you've heard in today's episode was made with lasers and repurposed electronics and is a collaboration between Opto Noise and Cassini Sound. And big thanks to Restart's communication assistant, Lauren. Today's Restart party is over, so it's time to pack up the equipment and say goodbye to each other. Goodbye, everybody.